When you live in a society where being who you are is criminalized, accepting yourself and standing up for yourself become revolutionary acts. This June marks 52 years since the Stonewall Uprising. On June 28, 1969, in the Greenwich Village neighborhood of New York City, police raided the Stonewall Inn for operating as a gay bar. After police began to brutalize patrons, members of the gay community fought back, sparking days of resistance that became the tipping point for the gay rights movement and what is now Gay Pride Month celebrated in June. On tonight's episode of The Happy Room by RealLifeChic.com, I talked to my friend Alicia about what it's like for a gay person navigating a heteronormative world and why pride is so necessary for those who are members of the LGBTQIA community. Thank you for joining me on The Happy Room tonight. With me is my friend Alicia. Happy Pride, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy Pride. I'm glad you're an ally. Absolutely. I wanted to do this show with you and I'm so glad you're actually the person on with me because I think it's a conversation you and I have sort of already had, but um, not necessarily as in depth maybe and um, questions that I still have. And I, I think some like, you know, hetero people um, probably have and um, are, don't know what to ask or don't know you know, the reality of what it's like being a gay person in this country or in this world, right? Um, right. And, you know, I think it's important for someone who is a member of the community to actually be the person to talk about it and explain it and just share, basically. Right, definitely. So for those people who may not know about Pride or Pride Month beyond the advertising and like the clothing that they might see in the rainbows, what is Pride about? Well, for me, um, and you know, many friends that I've had over the years, um, it's just a time where we can really feel like you know we can be ourselves, um, even though you know that's kind of complicated. Uh, just being yourselves throughout the whole year—that's the goal. You know, you just want to be yourself. Um, that's a struggle. You know, growing up, I think a lot of us um, have tried to mask, um, you know, what or who we are. And so that month is just, you know, if you're out and you're, you're proud and that's just a month to celebrate it, it's just a month to just, you know, maybe look back at, uh, you know, the struggle that you may have personally had with you know, coming out or um, having issues with uh, family or, or friends and, 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 you know, just, just the, the, the whole struggle. And some, some people's stories, everybody's story is not the same, of course, but um, Pride is, Pride Month is just that special time where we can just really celebrate ourselves and um, show love and, um, you know, and appreciate allies like you. <laughs> Growing up in the South, my experience was that people, there were gay people, and then that was it, right? There wasn't any mention of what it meant to be 
you know, LGBTQIA or any transgender or any of, you know what I mean? So for people who may be wondering, like, what are these acronyms? What are they? They've changed uh, over time and you've had uh, different acronyms that were added on. The acronyms fight to just really be inclusive of anyone who identifies as queer, um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, intersex, transgender. And um, so again, over the years, uh, the acronyms have changed and you've had, you've had some added on, uh, which is great. It's interesting because like you said, you know, a lot of people think that there's, you know, you're either straight or you're gay and, you know, they make it out to be as if it's very either or black and white. And um, it's not really like that. And so, you know, anyone who identifies as queer uh, can feel uh, really included and feel like they have a safe space and that they have friends and people who understand what they what they're going through. One of the things that you had said at the start is that Pride Month is a time for people to who are out to um, be proud of, you know, their experience and just basically who they are. Right. So I wanted to ask you, how old were you when you came out to your family and what was that like? And were they the first people you came out to or did you come out to your friends first? No, my family wasn't. They weren't the first people that I came out to. I, I'd, al- I'd always known that I was different since the time I was a child, you know, a little girl. I, you know, I guess like, you know, when you're growing up, you have your little crushes that you have. Uh, well, I had crushes on little boys, but I also had crushes on girls as well. And I didn't quite understand what it was, and I didn't think too much of it until I got older. But as far as who I came out to first, no, it wasn't my family. Um, it was more friends first. And um, I really remember uh, uh, the moment that I told my best friend. And um, I, we were in college. So, you know, we were, I believe, you know, early 20s. And so I told her we were on the phone and um, it was kind of funny because uh, I got dead silence at first. And then she said, okay, Alicia, this is kind of like a Sally Jesse Raphael moment. (laughs) 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 Kind of like a Maury Povich moment, (laughs) but she was cool. She, you know, she, she really didn't, she didn't care. She, she loved me the same. And um, I, while in college, I had joined a, a film collective, a women's film collective group called Image Weavers. And a lot of the women were, a lot of the women in the group were gay. Not all of them, but a lot of them were. So that was my first time actually, actually having friends, other friends uh, who were gay. And so, you know, I told them, and then, you know, I didn't tell my family until like maybe a few years after that. Uh, I had moved to New York and everything. And I don't think my family, you know, they didn't know unless they knew something that I didn't know. But I told my sister, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but probably like late, mid to late 20s. I had been in New York, had girlfriends, maybe a couple of girlfriends, 
And, um, you know, my sister, she's very understanding. She basically said to me, you know, I could have told her sooner. And um, my dad, when I told him, I told him face to face. And when I told him, he was really cool about it. It was funny because, you know, my, my parents had me late. My mother was born in 1934. My father was born in 1929. And um, he was really cool. He said, well, you know, I, I noticed you didn't really have a lot of boyfriends. So I just kind of figured you had a girlfriend. And that's what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was uh, pretty easy. And um, so my immediate family, my mother had already passed away before I came out. I knew that she would not be happy with it. But um, my immediate family, you know, my, 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 one of my older brothers was gay and um, my, I'm the youngest out of five. And so my immediate family, they were cool with everything. I wasn't too sure about like my extended family, like, you know, cousins, because we come from it's a large family, especially on my mother's side. We come from, it, it's a Christian Christian family. And a lot of my cousins, aunts and uncles, and uh, they they were very, you know, religious in the church. And so, you know, I wasn't rushing to just come out to them. But, um, you know, and I, I, I had a couple of cousins where, well, I'm thinking of one cousin in particular where, you know, I, I, I didn't get a great, um, a great, I don't know, it's just a couple of moments that I remember where I felt uncomfortable, I guess you could say. Um, I think this one particular cousin has come around uh, as she's, you know, gotten older and had more experience with different people or whatever, but it takes a lot. It's, it's because, you know, you have that fear that you'll be rejected. And that's what it is. It's just a fear you'll be rejected by the people uh, that you love. So, but yeah, I told friends first and then my family and um, my family pretty much felt as though I should have told them sooner. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, you, 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 you come out when you feel comfortable. Can you speak to, to that, the importance of having supportive and accepting family? Because I, I think so many people who are gay do not have that acceptance because you're being judged by society, you're being judged by, even if you're a straight person, people you know struggle with identity and so forth. But I think especially for people who are gay, where it's such a stigma, right? And it's, you can live the lie and people may be accepting, but the moment you reveal your truth and who you really are and, you know, and be okay with yourself, um, you do face, you know, that fear of rejection, as you say. So what is the importance of having accepting and supportive family? It is extremely, it's, it's, it's extremely important to have people around you that accept you for who you are. Family, especially family, it's difficult for a young person, especially coming up as like, you know, a teenager and you're still kind of, depending on your story, your struggle, you're still kind of not sure of what's going on with you, perhaps. And um, to know that you have that support, it's such a game changer to have family 
there to support you and to know that they're still going to be your foundation no matter what happens or no matter what society says is a game changer because a lot of kids go through bouts of depression and, you know, our, our community, a lot of uh, people in our community uh, at least, you know, have thought about uh, suicide and, and, you know, taking, taking their own lives. And so having supportive family members is such a game changer having, and if and a lot of times, you know, if you don't have that, uh, that support of your family, what a lot of us do is we just create family. You know, you don't have to be blood related to people to feel like they're your family and have that support. So a lot of people in our community, if they don't have that support of people, you know, that they're blood related to, then they oftentimes create that family. And that is a game changer as well. So it, it's, it's really important. I, I think about uh, Gabrielle Union and uh, her husband, Dwayne, and how they're so supportive of their daughter, Zaya. And she, she doesn't, <laughs> I don't know if she realizes how blessed she is to have them as parents because so many kids don't have that. So yeah, it, it's extremely important. Yeah, and speaking of their daughter and even other people's children, because especially in the news now with people um, making, you know, children playing sports a negative because they may be transgendered kids, right? <laughs> you, We don't want these kids mixing with these other kids and so on and so forth or not using the correct pronouns that the children want to use or people want to use for themselves, right? It's like the refusal to identify people as they right. wish to be identified and making it a political issue as opposed to being a human issue, right? Exactly. So you're politicizing people's bodies and their experience right. in their life. And um, so many people had so much to say about this child and it was rather disgusting to me, right? Because, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be, you know, a gay person, but I do know what it's like to be part of a group that's discriminated against, right? Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be an immigrant. I know what it's like to be a woman. I know what it's like to be black. And, you know, and you have people who have the additional stigma because they're members of maybe a particular religious group and maybe because they're may, maybe part of the gay community, right? Um, so it's almost sort of like levels, right? Where, you know, certain groups, they're okay, no matter what. And then you have other groups that there's different levels of stigma assigned to them. And I think about that. And I think about kids, especially, um, because as you said, you know, there's such a high suicide rate among LGBTQIA children, um, or youth. And for, you know, a child to come out to their family at such a young age and, you know, for other people to feel that they have a right or a say in this child's mm -hmm. experience to me is just, I'm baffled. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, I've deleted people on Facebook, you know, um, social media, uh, and then they come back to me and say, why? And I, I tell them exactly why, because you posted something that was very derogatory towards the gay community, trans community. 
And, um, you know, I, I, at this point in my life, I don't have, I, I don't have time for that. It's, it's just, no, <laughs> you know, mm -mm. even family members. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't, it, 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 I don't, I don't mince words anymore. And so, uh, you know, whether it's on social media, whether I'm talking to you face to face or on the phone, and we're having the conversation. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. I'm going to tell you exactly how, you know, what you're doing is, is you know, it, it's not cool. You don't attack a child, um, you know, with your cliches or your traditional, so-called traditional values or, or whatever. And, and it, it's, if you don't seek to understand, then you'll just be ignorance and ignorance leads to hatred. And so I, I don't have any, I can't, I can't deal with that. LGBTQ youth who are in crisis or feeling suicidal can speak to trained counselors at the Trevor Project for support. Call 866-488-7386. Visit thetrevorproject.org for more information. One of the things I know we've talked about in the past is like my experience in, in my evolution as being an ally because um, growing up, it was, you know, gay was like, was just meant as an equivalent of weird or you're different or it would just be used as like to clown people like, oh, that's gay or this is gay or, you know, and still today it's used like that, unfortunately. I don't come from a family where it was okay to hate people and do certain things, but I always had the sense that being gay was a different thing, right? Not necessarily where my parents bashed gay people or really said anything about gay people, but it was just that was something that was different in a part was what I understood it to be. And I mm. think maybe that was a religious thing, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, part of the blessing, even in that, is the fact that they didn't say things and they didn't behave in such a way that made it seem okay, right? For, for hate to be acceptable in our family mm. or in the way we react to people or whatever. It was more like, okay, if something's not for you, it's not for you, right? Mm. Um, but when I, you know, eventually came to New York and I actually saw, and also growing up in the South, like you have, you know, people say certain things and people aren't necessarily out. So you don't really get to see who people are and you think, okay, I, this person might be gay or, but people aren't comfortable enough to come out. Um, but coming to New York and seeing, you know, like the different colors of the rainbow basically right <laughs> where you're seeing like oh this is not like you said it's not just black and white there right. are lots of different people and people may be fluid and people right. may be one thing or another or whatever right and it wasn't just like it's not an abomination and all these other things that you know are spoken of or whatever and yeah. you know meeting people who don't fit I think because the stereotype was that somebody who's flamboyant is gay right or a woman, a lesbian is a woman who is more masculine and so on and so forth. Um, I, mean, you, I mean, you do have people in the community, you know, who may fit, but that, like you said, that's not everyone. You know, yes. we, it's, 
we're I mean first of all we're all we're everywhere and a lot of people more so than what they know um coming to contact with people of my community all the time and um but yeah you 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 oftentimes see people um you know just focus on I guess I don't want to say I guess it's I don't want to say stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just we're so we're so different, and it's just so really cool, you know. Yeah, and definitely just not just like all black people aren't a homogenous group. Neither mm-hmm. are you know the people who identify as gay, you know, or LGBTQIA. What do you think of people who say or who believe that being gay is a choice? actually was having this conversation with somebody recently. And um, and one of the things that I said, well, I didn't decide one day I was straight. So, right. <laughs> you know, that enough is simple enough to think about, like somebody didn't wake up and decide, oh, I think today I'm going to be part of a group that is, exactly. you know, like highly marginalized exactly. today. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the on the nose, I try to explain it to people just in that way. You know, I, I ask them, did you wake up one day and decide, oh, I'm going to be heterosexual? And, uh, you know, no, it, it's it's definitely not a choice. You know, just as I'll just as a person developed into a heterosexual person, it's the same for me who didn't, um, even though I'm more fluid. Um, it, it wasn't a choice where I woke up and said, yeah, I'm going to be gay today. I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a lesbian today. No, it doesn't happen like that at all. So, you know, you're degrading people and, um, over something that we can't help no more than I can help the color of my skin or no more than I can help that I'm a woman. So, so yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, but I guess that makes them feel better if they want to feel like, you know, oh, it's a choice and, and, and you can snap out of it if you want to. I, I don't, but yeah, that's how I usually respond to that. I say, you know, I know more developed, waking up one morning saying I want to be this way, no more than you did. But a lot of people I find they don't want to hear it. They don't want to, there's so much information out there now on our community and you actually hear our voices, and um, but people don't want to listen, and they don't want to seek understanding. Instead, they would just rather believe whatever it is they believe, and um, and then hold you hostage to that. One of the things for me is, as a Black woman, not wanting to uh, educate anymore, because <laughs> there was a point yeah. in my life where I was like, oh, you know, if, if people are racist, um, you can educate them, right? And you can just tell them and they'll see the light and they'll stop being racist. But I think I'm old enough now to and have experienced enough now and have seen enough where I know that's not the case, right? Um, that you can't necessarily educate people to doing the right thing and just being a human being, essentially, right? If they choose to be different from that. So mm-hmm. One of, I, and I have to say, even with having this discussion, I was a bit apprehensive about, you know, doing this podcast. I think it's important to have this discussion. I think it's important to, you know, share and educate people who are ignorant because sometimes people are just ignorant and they don't know. And there have been a lot of things that I was ignorant about and I've become much more accepting because I was like, oh, 
I never thought of this this way. I never knew people had this sort of experience. And so as I've gotten to know lots of different people and not just gay people, but lots of different kinds of people, whether it's based on religion or whatever else, I've become a less ignorant person because I'm open to learning, right, about you know, who people are. And I hesitated to even, you know, do this podcast because I don't feel as a straight person, it's really my place to try to educate other straight people about, you know, gay issues and gay rights. I think if a person who identifies as gay wants to do that, then they can choose to do that. And I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find out like, you know, maybe just for you or maybe for other people in your community that you, um, you've talked to, you know, do they, do you guys think that at this point, like people just need to educate themselves or is it, are people open to educating, you know, straight people who still are living in the world of ignorance? I believe you probably have a, a little bit of both. I believe that there are people in our community that still are seeking to educate straight people just so it could make our lives as we walk through the world easier. You know, I think there's always that desire to have people understand you. And I also do believe that there are people in in, in the community, in my community, who are sick and tired of it and, and they just wanna be themselves. We just wanna be ourselves and not worry about and not having to explain anything to anybody. Uh, so yeah, I think it's still a little bit of both, but I think it's natural to want to want that uh, understanding. And I think there are still people in the community that would like to, you know, have more straight people educated on our issues. But still, I I, I believe that people are are they just people. We just want to live our lives and and not have to always worry about oh who do I have to educate today? You know, it's uh it's a heavy burden to have to carry all the time. And um, it's a bit on both sides. And as a, a gay Black woman, right, what is that intersectionality like for you? I can't imagine that, especially in the kind of world where we're living, where people are hyper, like, sensitive to just seeing the world only their way. What is that like for you living in this moment in time? I, geez. That's a good question. I try, I think I, I, I just try to now just focus on the people that I'm close to and that I know I feel comfortable around. And, but, you know, I'm learning year to year to just continue to hold my head up high and not worry about uh, what other people think. But it's interesting, you know, uh, going through society and, and, you know, meeting new people. It's, 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 it's funny because you feel like you don't just come out once, you come out multiple times. Because <laughs> um, I think we, we, I mentioned this to you the other day, you know, because mm-hmm. people always just assume that you're straight. You know, as an adult, I'm still trying to find my way and find myself because I think, again, Growing up and having such a a fear of rejection, you lose some of your own, I guess, uh, authenticity. And um, so, even still, I think you know I'm trying to 
pull it together. I do know I definitely have uh, no tolerance for people who, who want to um, degrade others because of their sexual orientation or uh, gender identity. And so I think as I've gotten older, I've just more so found my voice, and, but I'm, I'm still finding it. It's interesting, it's, it's difficult. Um, I, I'm still working on that, trying to, you know, you still try to create a space, you know, where you feel uh, comfortable. I've had my, uh, the people in that space <laughs> dwindle down and so, which is difficult, but it's okay because the people that are still in my space are the ones that will be there because they genuine, genuinely love me and I genuinely love them. So I guess that's, what's all, that's what it's all about. Being comfortable in my own skin and um, just living. You spoke to identity and I'm thinking beyond just gender identity. And I saw that a meme the other day but it really was talking about being a gay person is like, you have to figure out who you are in the world, but then you also have to figure out um, who you are to yourself because um, the person who wrote it was speaking to having to pretend to be somebody for so much of life that even after you come out, you're still trying to figure out who you really are and what parts are you and what parts are the parts that you pretended to be to protect yourself. Is that, something that you struggle with too? Yeah, I think I, I um, like I said, I've, as I've gotten older, I've just, I've just become just more accepting of myself because the, the, what happens is, you know, as I was growing up, I and mean, like I said, I, I was attracted to men, but I was more so attracted to women. And before I had even had a relationship with a woman, I just thought I was going to go to hell just for having the thoughts, just for having the thoughts. Um, and so as a young teenager, I went into a very deep depression just because hey, I'm going to hell and I haven't even really done anything yet, but because I knew I was attracted to women. So you try to, and, and I tried different things to, you know, I guess get rid of those feelings that, that I was having. So, you know, even though I was raised in the church, I, I started to go to um, this other church, like religiously, and um, trying to just get rid of the feelings didn't work. <laughs> um, and so I had to say to myself, I said, look, I cannot, there was a point where I said to myself, I cannot go through life hating myself and hating who I am. I said, I have to accept myself and to just, um, grow and, 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 and love myself for who I am. And so once I, you know, came to that point in my heart and mind, things started to get a little bit easier for me, even though it's, 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 it's interesting because as you move through different spaces in your life, from job to job, you're meeting different people, it, you're forced to, I guess, always remember I am gay and what if these people don't accept me? But as you get older, like 
you don't care as much, hopefully. And that's where I'm at. You are listening to The Happy Room by reallifesheet.com. Stay tuned and let's talk. Your mom passed before you came out to her or came out to your family. Do you see that as having impacted you in some way, like you not having the opportunity to tell her or do you think it's better that you didn't? So she, I think she already suspected though, because there were things that she would say to me that let me know that she suspected, even though I'd had a boyfriend, my mother, you know, I, you know, you can't fool your mom. (laughs) Uh, I guess it's kind of like when I told my dad and he pretty much already uh, knew, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, that would have been rough. I don't think I would have wanted to have to sit down and say to her, I'm gay because she just, she was from, like I said, she was born in 1934. I'm going to use that as part of an excuse, you know, for her. Um, and so she just did not understand. She didn't understand. And, um, she was brought up in that very Christian household where men and women get married and that's what she knew. So my mother was a beautiful, beautiful woman, strong woman that I'm glad I didn't, didn't have to sit and have that conversation with her. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have ever had that conversation with her, I probably just would have hid it from her. I just mm. probably would have continued to, to hide it from her, to be honest with you. I don't know how that would have worked out. I, I know that you said that you, um, that you, in a way, thought you, if you prayed harder, I think, right? If you went to a different church, if you tried harder, somehow you were going to mm-hmm. change and you realized that wasn't going to, that wasn't going to work. Um, right. But did you have family members who said certain things around you that made you feel more of a sense of needing to hide who you were or just made you uncomfortable? What was that experience like for you? From what I can remember, maybe I had a couple of family members who I remember saying things uh, that were, that were anti-gay, but me being young at that point and not completely understanding what I was going through. I didn't think much of it, but it didn't make me, I guess it, it, I guess it made me, what it made me do was probably just try to push those feelings aside even more. And my, my, my thought process was when I was younger and when I was a teenager and I was in high school and I was still having, and I was still having, these crushes on uh, girls. I said, oh, you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe everybody just goes goes uh, through this and eventually I'll grow out of it. And so the depression hit when I didn't grow out of it. And I felt like I should have been at a time where I should have grown, quote unquote, like grown out of it. And I hadn't grown out of it. And that's when the depression hit. And, um, but as far as like family members, Immediate family, not so much. I mean, I've heard, I heard my, my mother say uh, a, a few things. What was that word that people like to throw around? Um, 
the old folks like the like the sissy. You hardly I don't I don't hear too many people say that too much, but you know, just like that the word sissy, things like that. But not not so much in my immediate family, in my extended family as I got older. Uh, I and with you know the invention of social media, that's when you really got to see. That's when I really got to see some of my extended family members' position on the gay community. So that caused me some some heartache. But I was a little bit old, you know, older by then. So I'll give you an example. Remember when um, President Obama and Michelle had their paintings, their portraits painted. Mm -hmm. There was this whole thing where people, when when the uh, portrait of President Obama came out and he was sitting in the, the greenery or the flowers or whatever, people had a fit just because it wasn't, it didn't appear to them to be masculine, masculine <laughs> enough. Girl, I had a whole long drawn out bout and battle over this issue with cousins on Facebook, <laughs> you know, because I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I just like, I just really couldn't believe it, but I knew where it was coming from. It was coming from a place of just homophobia. I just, and I just really called them out on it. I didn't expect to. And I, I said, maybe I shouldn't say anything, but I, but I did. And so what that, and, and this is what kills me because what that turned into was them using God to attack me. And then the one cousin posted, because the artist who painted President Obama's portrait is a part of the community. I didn't see it, but they must've showed him somewhere. And so she posted, something of him and and she just said something like uh very degrading about him and um you know so i just i just outright called called them ignorant and you know i kind of felt bad about it because the person is you know my cousin and this is not the type of conversation that we would normally have but i was just like really it really just ticked me off you know it really just ticked me off because i knew where it was coming from and then we couldn't really have a conversation about it because then what people do, what religious people do is they they weaponize God, you know? And I'm like, what does what I'm doing have anything to do with us talking about, you know, or my lifestyle? What does that have anything to do with talking about uh, uh, the, the President Obama's portrait? Like it's clear in the Bible where it talks about God is love. Exactly. And so whenever people, whether it be because of, you know, gender identity, whether it be because of race, whether it be because of national origin or any of those things that they want to espouse their beliefs and then put God in there. And I'm like, did God tell you to do this? Because I'm pretty sure that is not a, that is against the teachings because mm, I don't know if we're reading the same Bible, right? Um, because they, and, really, they, they really have no other way to back themselves up, uh, which, you know, they can present 
facts or or experiences or anything like that examples they they always have to you know weaponize god against people yeah. and um it, it's it's really disgusting um even even just with pride month i follow my girl Tabitha Brown <laughs> and she's an ally and she was dressed in like a pride shirt and suspenders or whatever rainbow suspenders and you know she said happy pride or whatever and you know people went after her just for that and she said you know how are you going to bring anybody to Christ with your hateful comments and your hate and and she said if, if she said if there's anybody out there who who uh uh, had family members that disowned them for being a part of the community. She said, send them my way so I can show them some love. And I love her for that. I love her for that. Dr. King, right, has a quote, and I'm terribly misquoting, I'm sure, but it has, it says something along the lines of, you know, you can't fight hate with hate. You have to fight it with love, right? And right. you don't have to be a part of, so a, a specific community to show love to people. Exactly. And I think people who are allies and, you know, just as you have, like, you know, when we talk about like race issues in this country, it's important for people who are not a part of, you know, our community to also speak out. And right. so point out like, these, these are people, these are human beings. Exactly. Exactly. We're people, you know? Human beings, we we love, we we breathe, we bleed, we have feelings, and um, it's it's really, I don't know, Augustine. I just it's really just it's sickening, it's frustrating, it's sad. It it, it makes me sad when I see so many people who are are being murdered in the trans community, and it's. It's, you know, enough is enough. I, I just let people be who they are. Who the hell are you or anybody, you know, anybody to, to try to, you know, say your life should be lived in a certain way. No, you, you live your life, you know, let people live. For support, information, and resources for LGBTQ people, their parents, families, and allies, visit pflag.org. That's P-F-L-A-G dot O-R-G. Founded in 1973, PFLAG is the nation's first and largest family and ally organization. You had stated earlier that your older brother was gay. And yeah. so it makes me wonder, at what point did you come out to him? Um, what was his experience, if, if you're able to share that? Um, how did you guys connect in the sense of being able to talk to each other about what you were going through? He actually, I may have um, mis misspoken earlier. He was mm -hmm. actually the first immediate family member that knew, yes, that that I told that I was gay. He He wasn't. He wasn't surprised. I, after my mother passed away, I visited New York with um, a young woman that I was interested in and he took us around, took us to clubs or whatever. He, I can't speak on his experience exactly. The thing about my brother 
was that he had such a great personality. He was so outgoing and he was so talented. I believe people probably knew he he was gay. I believe my my parents at a at, when he was a young age. I think I remember my father saying, you know, he could. He said, I can tell, you know, Jay was different. Um, but he, my father said, I still just. He said, I still just treated him, you know, you know, like you know, he's my son that I love, and he took him to baseball games and he helped him play baseball or whatever. You know, my father felt like he did what a father would still do. But my brother, he was just, he was the type of person that drew people to him, straight or straight or gay. And I, my brother had probably more straight friends than gay ones. You know, all of his uh, high school friends um, just loved him. And these are mostly, you know, straight people. So I, I, I'm sure he had some, he had some struggles because I know that, you know, um, I don't, my, I know my mother wasn't as accepting as my father let's let's say that i think she 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 had a hard time with it and i know my brother felt that but um you know we 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 connected on that level you know i i could speak to him when i when i needed to he always walked with his head up uh but he you know like me also created his space he created a space of friends and, 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 and uh, he had a lot of friends where he felt comfortable. He, he didn't take any crap off of anybody. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that was my, was my brother. He, he passed away in 2013. He was a strong guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he told me at times, you know, he's, he said, I got, I've been chased through the neighborhood, but he would laugh about it. You know, he's like, I've been chased through the neighborhood, you know, Queens or Brooklyn or whatever. But, you know, he would laugh about it and just kind of like, you know, chalk it off and, and keep it moving. So that that's the kind of person uh, my brother was. Is being gay so, sort of like always living under a threat of violence? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Um, yeah, even just, you know, walking, walking down the street. If you're with your significant other, if you want to hold hands, there's always the thought, um, where are we? Is it okay? Are we in an area where it's safe to hold hands? Is it, or should we just walk down the street and just, you know, um, not show any type of affection at all? So yeah, you worry about that because it happens, you know, we see it on the news all the time. It, it, it happens. Yeah. So it's, it's really difficult. That's why I, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it being a choice, I don't know if anyone would necessarily wake up and, and like you said, choose to be a part of a marginalized community on purpose, but um, where there are threats of violence and where you have to be sometimes so careful. And then you have people in the community, like I said, they don't care, okay? Um, I think though, for me, maybe being a woman, I'm still a little bit more cautious because, you know, if, if, if someone threatens me with, I'm a woman, you know? So the threat is, a, I guess, a little bit more real for me as a woman. That is a, a, a worry for 
um, a lot of people in the community, that they'll be somehow met with, with, uh, with violence. Is there hope? What message would you have for young people? Though the world has gotten better, there's still a lot to do and a long ways to go for them to feel safe and for them to be, you know, who they are on a daily basis without fear of any kind, right? Definitely a lot of hope and a lot of attitudes have definitely changed over time. But then you still have some people who will, you know, degrade you and 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 reject you and try to make you feel less than what you are. It's just navigate your way towards the positive. You have to go with your gut. You know, listen to your gut. I've seen young people in 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 bad situations to where they want to be themselves, but they have the threat, you know, of literally being kicked out on on the street. So that's another issue that we have in our community. We have a lot of young people that are disowned and their parents literally just put them out um, in the street. Just always just navigate towards the positive. Go to where you feel comfortable, where you can be yourself. If you don't have it in your immediately in your immediate blood family, create that family with, with friends and other people uh, that you love. Because there's some there's some great people out here and there's people out here waiting and, and wanting to love and accept you in your own skin. Follow, like, and share The Happy Room by reallifechic.com on Facebook at reallifechic.com, on Instagram at reallifechic, and on the web reallifechic.com. Thank you.